the internet, and welcome to this episode of Your Daily Zeitgeist! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Season 142, episode one. It's a production of iHeartRadio, and this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's share consciousness and say, officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, uh, fuck Fox seriously? News, fuck Ross Limbaugh, uh, fuck Ben Shapiro, <laughs> fuck Mark Zuckerberg, fuck Jeff yep. Bezos. Fuck ESPN. Wow. Uh, and fuck JK Rowling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck ESPN for making Woj apologize for telling Josh Holly to go fuck himself. Wait, well, the uh, senator wanted the NBA players to back the blue on their jerseys. <laughs> what the fuck back did the this? Blue shit on- yeah, in case people don't know, Woj, the NBA reporter, uh, par excellence of, of NBA, you know, knowledge, info, dropping Woj bombs. Josh Hawley's office sent a message to ESPN being like, hey, you guys should, instead of putting Black Lives Matter on your jerseys, you should put back the blue. And Woj responded, simply, fuck you. <laughs> and then ESPN made him apologize because they're owned by Disney. Uh, who we'll be talking about today, again, as always. Uh, it's Monday, July 13th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Ooh, baby, would you look at that turf? J.K. Rowling is a fucking jerk. Uh, that is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. I unfortunately drank cold brew too early, and I forgot to look up an AKA. So I'm just going to go with the old school, the OG one I always started with. This Miles Gray, AKA your boy Kusama, the Blackanese experimental artist. Uh, shout out to Yayoi Kusama. Yeah. She's like every like trippy older Japanese woman I know is like style icon. Or like they're all, everyone's doing a version of the Yayoi. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I actually You're not familiar it. with the Yayoi Kusama <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I need to Every need time to he's like, Yeah man, I love that AK. <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy so Kusama. Good, man. So that got something to do with Kyle Kuzma? <laughs> 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 You've seen like well, those gigantic like pumpkins that are like yellow with like black dots on or like any installation that has all these dots in a room and people like taking yeah, instagram yeah. photos those, a lot of those tend to be uh usually yeah thank you for contextualizing it as an instagram post. <laughs> yeah. I, otherwise i would not be able to or, or what uh, is art really right uh well we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious the talented the brilliant Taz Ahmed! Yay! Yeah! Taz, what's I'm, up? I'm so excited to be here. I have adrenaline pumping from yeah. killing a mouse. I know. I'm ready. With your bare hands right in front of me. <laughs> you caught it. Just ripped it in half. <laughs> uh, I turned on the Zoom just for that. <laughs> like, oh, y'all don't think I'm about this life? Ah! Barehanded it. <laughs> Barehanded. Uh, no, you've got, got beautiful time. art behind you, made by I you. Do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah, snaps too for the art. You know, I, I say this, and I don't mean to come at our other guests, but some of our our guests, the background, <laughs> the wall is dry, blank, uh, and I like no. the amount of, Mm-mm. you know, I like that. I like that. I like what I see back there, and some of it is your work too. Yeah, I would say sixty percent is my work behind me. Nice. I'm actually always intimidated by how few of our guests have uh, things on, or have blank walls behind them uh, because I have. Such a bad, such bad me send scene in my Zoom that uh, oh, yeah. I have gone, I have gone false background. Mine looks like the, the feds I just mean, like tried to flip my bedroom. <laughs> you it have reminds a piece of art of, behind you. 
Yeah, when? there's something. I mean, look, I, if if we really want to go, out, the the walls in this home are not bare. Okay, I mean, yeah. I respect the walls with art in this home. Uh, we we still have all our stuff in boxes. Uh, oh. Because you never, you never know. You can't, you can't have so many things that you can't drop in fight. Whatever Robert De Niro says in Heat, uh, <laughs> <laughs> killer pop culture reference. Fumble, uh, not the one. I mean, I like the fire background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's appropriate. It's a good reference. Yeah, yeah. Well, Taz, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Yeah. First, we are going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we all watched Hamilton, mm-hmm. I think, right? Oh, yeah. So we're going to talk about Hamilton. Seems to be in the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Bella Hadid having a post taken down for saying that her father's from Palestine. Uh, what? Yeah. Huh. So uh, that just seems to be part of it. it it's interesting uh, what social media platforms are sensitive about. Uh, we also... Uh, the person who wrote my AKA today uh, got kicked off of a platform for using the word redneck. So very sensitive about uh, that. We're we're very sensitive on these platforms about uh, you know, white supremacists and uh, yeah, and anyone yeah, well, actively involved in an apartheid state. But yeah, that's uh, yeah. let's let's make sure we consider the feelings of everyone. Okay. Yes. Yes. We have diversity of thought. I mean, how here. foolish uh, of Bella Hadid to admit that her father was from a different place uh and then that <laughs> happened to be a place where i can only imagine what happens like when we'll get into how any of these things end up becoming hot posts that somehow the platform has to intervene in that's bananas yeah. all of that plenty more uh but first as we like to ask our guests what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are um well i was doing a lot of googling of hamilton because we just watched Hamilton. Mm-hmm. But before that, I was looking up. I don't know if you know what beetle leaves are or betel leaves. In um, South Asian culture, it's called ban. Um, and it's like this like leaf that is like full of either sugar or seeds or something. And there's like one of them makes you kind of high. I'm not sure. Um, and then people eat it like after like their meal. And mm-hmm. they have like bond stalls all over the place. In Southeast Asia, they call it betel or betel, B-E-T-E-L leaf. Anyways, I've been doing a lot of Googling of that because yeah. I'm going to do, I, I paint, as you can see, um, I'm going to do another series uh, on these leaves um, and I'm excited to learn more about it. Are they are they legal in the U.S.? Because I know the U.S. likes to like ban a lot of like things like that. Well, I mean, it's obviously maybe the agricultural things, but is that something you can get in the United States or... Yeah. I mean, I feel like you can get anything now in the U.S. Um, it's, it is <laughs> legal. True. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I think there there is, an like a, a, I think, like a piece of a seed that you put in one of them, mm-hmm. and um, uh, it, it gets you high. So, like, okay. we, and, like, when you go in South, because it, like, makes your spit red. So, whenever you're in South Asia, you see all these, like, red spit spots all over on the streets, and that's because people are spitting out the bond spit. Oh, that just Have, happened uh, on 90 Day Fiance. Where this woman go. thought there was blood. She was in yeah. uh, India, and she thought there was blood on the floor. And the douche was like, "No, nah, no, nah, they're just spitting shit out. Like that's not blood." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That's oh, the stuff shit. you spit out. See? It comes from the bottom leaf. Wow. <laughs> Have you? Is that something? Like, is that a good way to sort of get over your meal, like sort of uh, lethargy I, after digesting? 
It must be if it makes you high. Like if, if, it was like something my like grandmother used to like eat after each right, meal. Right, right, right. Like a little bit high, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I like any you know local itis treatment. Uh, right. Because yeah, like yeah, yeah. in Japan, like all we say is like if you fall asleep, you'll turn into a cow. But there's no like, where's like our beetle leaf to fight the I know. transformation I feel like you into must a have cow? Something. Just, Cocaine. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, people love drinking tea and coffee and things like that. But as a kid, I would just be like mm, sleeping. Give me my give me my coca leaves, or I'm not gonna wake up. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated? Underrated. I um, I got really excited about the cotton candy grapes. Have you heard yeah. of these? Oh yeah. Wait, is the they, they taste like it? Is that the deal? I've I yeah. saw the they term taste- trending. But I was like, what is this? Yeah. Not grape cotton candy. Uh-huh. It's cotton candy grapes. It's grapes that taste like cotton candy. Not have you had them, Jack? I have. They're very what good. What do you think? Uh, I, I like very them. good. good I yeah. just got them for the first time from Trader Joe's. And um, I think not enough people are talking about them. Yeah. I'm going to say underrated. So they're usually a white grape, right? Like yeah. a green grape. And they just bred them to have... This like flavor profile? In- incredible amounts of sugar. <laughs> Just like the most sugar oh, that wow. a fruit has ever had uh, concentrated in it, which a lot of people, like I, one of my favorite underrated facts about just the world is how much of our food was like designed by people, farmers over the over the years, just through selective, you know, breeding and agriculture. And yeah, they can design anything just using like... Picking the ones that These have damn the... phenotypes and stuff. These damn phenotypes. <laughs> hey, you know man. what I'm saying, man. Hey, that's what we do with the weed, bro. That's how we get those killer ass <laughs> buds, dude. Seriously. Uh, but bro. like they... was it is the experience, Taz, you you what you went, okay, I'm gonna hear about it, let me get it, and you enjoy did it blow so you're saying it's underrated because it just blew your fucking mind? Yeah. I'm really surprised that more I mean, like I did hear about it on NPR like a year ago, but mm-hmm. I've been kind of I'm really excited. I should say that I haven't had sugar in like three months because I like <laughs> sugar out of my life. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So you were so seeing like, stars and shit. I was. I was like, oh my God, this is, if I can't have sugar, I will have the cotton candy flavored grapes. You know, they also yeah. have gummy bear flavored grapes, which I was really confused by because is it like grape gummy bear flavored yeah. grapes? Or... Gummy bear isn't <laughs> a flavor. I, right. So I was like in this it's infinite a consistency. Loop. Yeah. Um, so um, can I get? Are these only available at TJ's uh, or? No, they're at Whole Foods too. Oh, yeah. Okay. So anywhere they're not paying people. They're just uh, like sporadically worker available. Rates. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everybody uh, can. So. Everybody fucking suddenly forgot. I'm still yeah. every day. I'm reading about every supermarket, whatever Aldi, the owner of of Trader Joe's, being like, "I'm sorry, bro. That was, we told you it was a couple months." Right. Uh, yes, the numbers are getting Wait, so, worse. Oh, so it's worse than before. What groceries are paying essential workers? I don't know who right. is actually. I mean, you'd feel like we would hear about because I know Kroger. Yeah, that's they keep true. dipping in and out of the bullshit. I know Whole Foods is like that too. I just read something about Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's like again, like you. There's so much in front of us right now to be like. I think this is a good time to draw the line and say if yeah. you work at a supermarket and you are what we call an essential worker, that this is the minimum pay. Can we make this a law? But Seriously. You, there's then there's another story too. I think at the Washington Post, someone else that was sort of talking about the some emails they recovered about like the lobbying effort in like states like Florida and stuff, like where you're seeing the the lobbyists for the Chamber of Commerce like emailing directly to the governor and being like, 
hey, man, look, here's the deal. We got to make sure there are legal protections for these employers first before we even talk about reopening. Then we can talk. Florida. Like, it's just, you know. It's awful. It's always yeah. someone else writing the laws. You see the law firms that are already working with the GOP on, uh, you know, invalidating mail-in ballots uh, got PPP loans. <laughs> no, I did yeah. not. Yeah, gotta oh gotta God. take care of gotta take care of the essential workers. I mean, um, if if Devin Nunes's case about about the Twitter cow is any indication of the kinds of legal minds the GOP is able to wrangle around for, like they're on its face completely like meaningless lawsuits that are just like slow shit down. I think it'll be. It'll slow things down. I don't know how interesting the yeah. case will be because even like the Supreme Court decision with the Trump administration, just like, yeah, the DACA thing, like you just didn't even use like a legal argument. You just ended yeah. it. So like, I don't know what you think we were going to do. Like this is right. still kind and of a the court. tax documents too. Yeah. yeah. You still like laws are still a thing. Yeah. But, yeah like, you never know. so unfair to me. There's so many fair. judges they've been stacking the courts with that you'll see, like, because I'm sure that a lot of people have been talking about how some states will try and certify their, the Republican Party will try and certify their own results before the Secretary of State, like in a state like Michigan or something where it's, uh, their Democrats hold those positions, but, whew, yeah. brace yourself. It's going to be such a shit show. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's not, I'm not looking forward. No. It's, I mean, they stole... Like even though uh, I think Bush did end up having the more votes in Florida uh, when they did the like very careful re recount, like that had nothing to do with why they won. They won because they had more better lawyers yeah. and yeah. just outlasted the Democrat lawyers um, and were shrewder, which we have seen uh, time and time again. Like they uh, have an insurgent mentality because they don't have the actual populace on their side, so they. They know how to cheat. They've been doing it for years. Yeah, and for years. They're better at it. Yeah. Um, what is something you think is overrated? I'm going to say um, Kanye West running for president. Oh, <laughs> oh come already? on. Have you seen his platform? <laughs> did you his... Did you hear his three free presidential freestyles he I dropped on Forbes? I did oh, not. Oh, no. Well, if you, if you didn't. Would that change my mind? If you didn't vote for him now, you definitely won't now. After hearing oh. that shit now, but yeah, oh. uh, it's yeah, it's dark. Elon Musk, uh, yeah, that has, was my favorite. Has backed out of <laughs> supporting him <laughs> after being like full yeah. support. You got my full support, and someone's like, uh, you know, he's like an anti-vaxer and like anti-abortion. He's like, ah, I assume, uh. I guess there are more differences than I had anticipated. I will, I yeah. must reconsider. It's like, sure, so good. At a certain point, if you're like, hey, you're a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, like we're cool dudes, like. Then we have the exact same worldview, right? <laughs> and he's not, he did like, I mean, just like, I, so I work in the world of politics, just the whole like, he hasn't actually got the signatures in the right state. No deadlines made, met. Yeah, no. none of it. So it's, it's just like, you know, boy. it's a potential, you know, write in chaos Harambe type candidate. Yeah. You know, like yeah, last yeah. time people voted, fucking wrote in Harambe. Uh, so oh, that's right. Kanye West may be that, but don't get it twisted. If if you and any listeners out there, if you hear a young person even pretend to act like they will vote for him, smack the slap shit them. out of them. Yes, slap please. them and be like, you're I like throwing that we your vote all away. had the same. Yeah, smack the, same the shit. Smack yeah. them. I was just picturing a young person being smacked so hard yeah. the vape comes out of their mouth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the three stripes come off their Yeezys, but the whole. 
it is really something. I mean, the, the there's also reports, you know, that now his family are like he's having another episode uh, because no, he hasn't, no. isn't taking his medication. And like, I mean, the the things that he's saying, you know, are not real yeah. political views. There are a lot of just emotional things and he's just sort of free associating and what they call interviews. But yeah, uh, again, you'd hope that every time we've been talking about him, I think since like the second MAGA thing, we're like, okay, this person just, this man needs help and he's just not getting it. he absolutely needs help. And he just continues to be allowed to operate and has a group of enablers who are like, yeah, dude, that was fire, yay. That was fire, dude. The way you said you're going to run for president, that was fire, dude. That was fire. Uh, Don't worry about your meds. They make you, their creativity is stifled. And that's one of the reasons why he said he doesn't take it. So it's just tough and I, you know. There's so many very creative people who uh, take the medication that is prescribed to them. Like you, you have to. Yeah, I don't know that. That's a myth. I think uh, it the, well, the, I'm going to throw in there. <laughs> the very least, you know, these like Forbes should know. But again, this is why the media, you know, it all it, they need to have the interview where he sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's saying that vaccines are trying oh, to yeah. prevent you your child entry to heaven. That that's what it is. Like it's all about this like satanic versus Jesus God kind of thing. And but then they but Forbes gets to do it and they get all the traffic because they have like these three quote unquote freestyles where he's just like it's just saying shit rhythmically. Yeah. Uh and finally, what is a myth? What is something you know um, to be false that people think is true or vice versa? I would say a myth is that mouse traps work. Because <laughs> mouse traps do not work, I have like a gazillion of them up around my apartment, and um, yeah, that mouse was not getting caught in any of them. But you I'm asked so us to caught. call you the human mouse trap uh, when we started this call, right? Right. That I did you it. just that grab was... them with your bare <laughs> yeah. hands and snatch them. Beat up. it off. No. <laughs> oh. Just Ozzy Osbourne, but the mouse version. That is. The, uh... I've been dealing with mice for. Um, you know, like I've had mice in my apartment like once, like four years ago. But ever since the pandemic started, there's so many. There's the infestation of pests is just through the roof. I heard, you know, because of the pandemic, mice don't have food to eat, so they're just kind of right going to all these apartments. That was the so, yeah, like the the big story in New York those first two weeks were like the literal rat wars that were happening yeah. in Manhattan because like. It, once the food dries up, they go in search of other food, and then they turn they turn up on some other rat turf, and this rat war. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, apparently, Koreatown is like New York, right? Which yeah, it is kind of like New York. It's probably the closest <laughs> thing we have. Oh, just sort of like with so. like more high rise like apartments and like sort of like yeah. that architecture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I'm having some battles with uh with the flies. The flies are Ugh. coming in. I got Lord one of, the of those flies uh, over here. electrified uh, fly swatters. Yeah, oh, you just yeah. busted it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she I, pulled out this called, one. It's the tennis mine's called racket. The, execu- the executioner. <laughs> wow, I didn't. And it comes with a hood that you just put over your head. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Who would have Great marketing. Yeah. Fucking Serena yeah, Trilliums good. over here ready to <laughs> fuck these flies up. Yeah, yeah I like the, that, the salt shotgun. That one is more, yeah. that one's fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because that just like basically like you cock it once and it just, sh- I mean, it's probably the least humane because it's just like destroying their wings like with the buckshot of like the grains of salt. But this is the, this is the world we're in right now, so. I have not seen this, so I'm Googling it right now. Yeah. 
Like, look for it's like I don't know, fly salt shotgun. That's uh, that's one that I've never successfully uh, got a fly with. The uh, bug assault, as it's called. The, yeah, the bug. It's assault. probably made by some fucking former Blackwater child murderer. So I should probably not even <laughs> talk about it. Like, I can't imagine the backstory to a thing where a guy's like, "What if you applied the principles <laughs> of buckshot in a shotgun?" That you could just you know use at home and kill a fly with man because that shit is cool on a uh, on an insect. Do you have the, one of these? Do you have the holster? No, I I had it um, like at an old office and at another uh, like at another apartment I had like someone had it and I would use it. But I now at the moment uh, I am bug assaultless. I just I use I try and use um, either my bare hands or a towel. Oh, of course. The so bare hand I really one. Like- is like like Jack said, uh, the, that old Clyde Frazier anecdote. Man was so cool, caught a fly with his bare hands, yeah. and then let it go. Mm-hmm. And I always try and impress my uh, yeah, my partner, Her Majesty, with it, and she just thinks it's so stupid. I'm like, I caught it with my hand. Did you see? Did you see? And she's Wait, like, You do catch it with your hands? Oh yeah, I can catch a fly with my hands. With one I hand? Cannot. Yes. Yes. I can catch Damn, you are cool, but, man. But here's the thing. <laughs> Shit. Watch me spend fucking 45 minutes listening to Bodega Boys in my headphones, like running around my house <laughs> like an idiot. So it's not like I just come in and snatch right, this right. shit out. She's like, right. yeah, fool, you wasted half a day. And also well, go outside print. and release your hand. I bet you didn't get that shit. Cut to me opening my hands. <laughs> I didn't get that shit. My friend's wife made fun of him one time for doing the thing where, yeah, he would like grab it and then like release his hand very slowly and, and like there. there wouldn't be anything <laughs> there <laughs> oh i've done that so many times uh yeah walt frazier uh from the 1970s knicks uh one of the more underrated nba players uh and the most underrated announcer because he's just uh absurd right um, but he uh he would just walk into a room and slowly reach out and grab a fly, shake it in his hand, release it. And he was like, and kids thought that was cool. I was like, I think that shit's cool as hell, man. Like, <laughs> he, that was in one of his books of like how to be cool. It's like, man, not, oh my not, God. A, not everybody can do that. You understand? 70s, yeah. And also nobody has a, a fucking like hand span of like 14 inches. Probably right. like he yeah, did. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's don't true. discount the size of an MB. Like any man over yeah. six foot three or four's hand size, it's it gets out of control. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing that I feel like was I I hadn't fully appreciated about Jordan until the uh, last dance was just hand size. Like the his hand just reached all the way around that ball. Right. Um. Also, flies in the seventies notoriously slow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We wouldn't know, actually. That's that's yeah. one of those things that we we would have no idea if flies were uh, speeding up. It turns out that time. the guy who created the bug assault is a is from Southern California, is a surfer and yoga <laughs> enthusiast. What? Oh hell yeah! And he's just like an inventor, basically. But I don't Dude, know. I don't, I don't need to awesome. do much of a deep dive into this kind of thing. It's, I feel like well, all roads lead to darkness. Tune in tomorrow like you, when that guy's our guest. Uh, I feel like you really need to invest in one of these racket smiles. <laughs> I know, but uh, I feel like every time there's one of those flies. around, people end up hitting each other with them. Oh, I've never done that. Before. Oh, that's the that's where that's where shit gets, goes left with those electric rackets. You start smacking people with them, but it's not. I've that bad. I, I've managed not to hit anybody 
with my yeah. oh no i mean intentionally like it turns into a drunken game of i'm gonna wave the electrified tennis racket at you right does right. it hurt yeah. i i'd imagine it does it uh, the spark is you know so satisfying though so yeah. when you yeah. hit the fly with the electric tennis racket it like you hear a loud pop, which yeah. is like what killing flies should always feel like. There should yeah, always yeah, be yeah. a loud pop, like you're popping yeah. a balloon. Um, and then you get, sometimes it'll stay on the racket. Yeah. And you just get it sparking. It's so fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. So good. Well, because, so I'm not, I'm not doing it like needlessly to torture the fly. It's actually like, sometimes you'll hit the fly with the shock. It'll hit the ground. And if you don't like go and get the tissue right away to come pick it up, it'll get back up. It just like yeah. stuns it for a second. Ah, uh, right. But if it gets Flies stuck in there, it starts man. smoking, yeah. and then you get your little glass tube out. You start freebasing that smoke <laughs> off. Right? Like, oh, oh, so yeah. gross! Flash <laughs> 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 uh, <fly> smoke. Uh, <laughs> Um, Sorry, that's so <laughs> gross. But uh, just hearing the two of you, I'll be like, "Yeah," and then that shit gets smoking. I'm like, "Okay." I thought I was bad uh, when I was like, "I'm shooting the shit out of their wings and they're fucked up." <laughs> it's all. Everyone has a weird way of dealing with insects, you know. Yeah. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and come back and talk Hamilton. And we're back, and guys, mm. Hamilton is back mm. in the zeitgeist. Four years after uh, it was kind of at its peak, uh, it was just hitting Broadway. They filmed a movie version of the play, which is just is pretty much just like a, a wide shot on the on the stage with some close ups mm-hmm. here and there. There were a couple where they had, they definitely had a camera up on stage, you know, to get yeah. some dramatic. Yeah, came in a little tight. Yeah, came in a little tight. Um, um, yeah. What was you guys' experience with Hamilton at the? Well, go ahead, Tess. What were you going to say? I have avoided Hamilton for the past four years completely. Me too. Up until this point where I watched it last night. Me too. Okay. Um, for Very for excited you guys. To hear what I you did guys it for you guys. Thought. Um, I say, I, I knew it was big. But like every musical that comes out, I just don't care because I'm I'm the genre of musical is does not appeal to me personally. Like yeah. I understand I totally understand its appeal because they are like it's a nice experience to watch it, but I don't get that's not how I get my jollies. So yeah, I I'm just like, all right, fine, cool. Like it's hip hop, great. But I don't watch musicals, so thank you. Um and then yeah, and then but it coming back now and it being like it just used to be a thing where like you had to get a ticket to go see and I'm like, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. give a fuck. And like all the people yeah, right. I knew who were like, I'm going to Hamilton, I'm like, I don't really have that much in common with y'all. So shout out to y'all. <laughs> but like right. so on that level, it was I was very like, it was enormous with people who subscribe to the New York Times and listen to Crooked Media podcasts. Yeah. I feel like it was yeah. the dad from but Get Out's I, I favorite was, musical. Yeah, it was exactly. enormous with other people too, though. Like yeah, my little sure. sister who is not into politics and his American history was really into it. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm so confused that's true. by that. I think that's more like the perception that it was only big with people who go to Broadway plays, but like kids, it is like a Harry Potter level yeah. phenomenon with younger kids, like younger kids really fuck hard with it. 
Yeah, um, but I think, and that's to the, to its credit because I remember the thing that I noticed was it was more people than normal. Like usually there was the musical set or people who like theater who I would hear talk yeah. about it, and then it reached like a tipping point when I was like, "You've never even been to a fucking the- like what the fuck?" Right? Yeah, seriously. And, and then so I was like, "Okay, I'm sure the music is good," but it just sort of ended my curiosity yeah. ended there because there's something about a musical, man. I just like, I just it's can't embarrassing. Get into it. It's weird. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I, I don't mean to be like it's it, it, like you're dumb for liking a musical. Like to me, there's just something about a a production, the the sort of like seamlessness between like drama then to like these big sort of like numbers. Like the flow, like dramatically, is a little like j- like wonky for me. And I think that's also because I can't just put like that suspend suspension of disbelief about like how a musical even operates. And I'm like, this motherfucker yeah. just wouldn't start singing. Right, like, but that's um, like I well. Just... In this case, they never stop singing, so it, <laughs> yeah, you can kind of get through. So I don't know. Wrote... I feel like Go I was ahead. just gonna say. I just feel like I had a really hard time. Like I had to have the Wikipedia entry open so I could follow along with the summary, and then I had subtitles on. And right. I just think that when the music is going and there's words, I am having. A, I was just having a hard time following along. I was like, wait, what's happening? There's so much happening. <laughs> yeah, there is a ton happening. It is like a little. Shakespeare in the sense that like it's the the language is highly affected and so like you need to probably like hear it a couple times yeah. to like fully understand what's going on. Uh I actually think the listening to the soundtrack uh is a, an ideal way cuz then you're not distracted by what's happening and you get the entire story uh with just the soundtrack. Um so I, I recommend that to people who don't feel like sitting down uh, and and watching a thing like the soundtrack tells you the whole story. I think it's I think it's worth watching, though. I think. Don't, oh, for sure. Don't like if you're going to engage with it, you might as well fully see like the actual production, because. Yeah, I think this, you know, the the, the reason it's back up and it's just interesting. I think this is probably where most of the bulk of our conversation is going to be about is that like it came out in 2016 or like that was its peak and there was a certain level of discourse or public consciousness around what anything meant back then where this was like fun and very neutral and great 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 we love it cut to now it's having it's coming back out again and a lot of people who haven't seen it are seeing it we're like "Hmm, okay and there are people there was valid criticism of it back then more about like its historical accuracy and its depiction of like women and the, the characters within that and what it meant to what like there were no people of color in it, like in terms of historically represented, aside from like right. a wink at Sally uh, when there's like a Thomas Jefferson joke. But that was the thing that I found myself. I'm like, man, this is gonna be stupid. And I'm like, damn, the fucking music's good. The fucking like the production itself is good. I like I completely understand why it connects with anyone who watches it because it's like hard to not like the the every, the performances are great, the numbers are great, but. I think that's where the the danger is more like if if we just take Hamilton as being like a historically accurate anything. Right. I think it's a, I think it's really a piece of the moment of the Obama administration and yeah. like how liberal people wanted to think about America as Obama was kind of coming to power and in fact he pr- first performed like he it took him a couple months to write the very first song uh, that's like the you know beginning of his life. 
uh, and he went to the White House, Obama's White House, and performed that. Like that was the first anybody had heard of the uh, what eventually became the play. But um, so it is. I I feel like it's kind of inextricably tied to the Obama administration and For sure. that sort of sensibility. And but I also think like that it didn't bother me as much. Like there there are definitely parts where. Like the fact that we're watching and rooting for the guy who created America's banking system is like, on the one hand, sort of <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> because, yeah. uh, but on the other hand, it is such early stages. And who the fuck knows, like, you know, uh, what would have happened if he hadn't, like, wh- whether that needed to happen to make America, you know, have any of the good things that it has. But, yeah, the slavery stuff is really like kind of glossed over for sure. I, yeah, because I mean, the Schuyler family were slave owners, and oh, Hamilton yeah. definitely had a hand in employing slaves. You know, there's not a lot to say whether he was fully anti-slavery. I mean, it can go both ways, but it's you know, there's a for, there's like a moment where he's like taking shots at Thomas Jefferson for like right. being a slave owner it's like bro you're booed up with a slave owning family like you, you slaves work for you like you're up in it you worked on a slave ship as a child okay if like we're gonna go way back um and even like george washington like it's like you're not even hold on your boy george washington also the man has slave dentures but right yeah. but, but again this is the thing it's like i get it because as a musical like how are you going to get, you can't really take anything. I think that's the problem with doing a musical about anything historical, because like there's a lot of probably deep, deep societal implications and ramifications, like um, like course. the material you're doing versus yeah. like, it's not just about like Steve Bartman who fucked up the Cubs chance to go into the world series, like very <laughs> narrowly. Like, yeah, like maybe you can fuck around and tell that a different way, but like, a country is there a musical about that? Yeah. No, but that would be do, <laughs> the, somebody do, the, bar, do the Bartman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the Bartman. <laughs> do the Bartman. Oh, that's um, great. But I mean, like with this, we're talking about the founding of a country that was built on racism and the concept that landed white men were the only holders of power or agency in this country. Like that's a little murky to try and like sing and dance around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I still, yeah, I want to say like, all all of these criticisms are true. I still give it like five stars. It gets me every time. Yeah. Like I, it, it fucking it, as a piece of work. It you know you have to go in just from a critical standpoint. You know, watching a movie that is actually just a play. Like you have to like the the whole point of a play is that you're taking interiority like what's happening inside people's minds and like exploding it across a stage. So even people in the back can see it. Right. So like, it's not subtle. Uh, like the performances are not like the same movie performances that you would typically think of as a good movie performance, but they're still like great performances. Uh, the, the guy who plays, uh, Burr is Leslie so Odom fucking Jr. Great. Leslie Odom Jr. Is oh, he's so good. So that's what's good. wild though, because I, again, Musical hater, but like I would be lying if I didn't say there are songs that like I really didn't like. And I think that's what's interesting about it is because if you if you're just look, if you can take all the detail out 
and like the songs and the musical numbers and the production, like, yeah, it absolutely deserves every plot it, it gets as a musical production. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda himself said, because as this was coming back and people were like, have y'all actually seen Hamilton? Like, this is <laughs> kind of interesting there. Um, yeah. He was basically saying like, yeah, man, it was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Like trying to deal with something this complex and put it in a two and a half hour musical. Like, yeah, you're going to miss yeah. a lot. And he's like, so this is all fair game. Like all of this criticism is fair game. So, I mean, credit to him. And I think that's why it's <clears throat> it's not. Well, I have many criticisms of the historical accuracy. I'm like, if I can just, if I treat it as this musical, fine. If I want to go back yeah. further, like, you know, because I believe he was working with a historian who was a white his, male historian who was uh, like, you know, seen as like an expert on Alexander Hamilton for the yeah. historical things. And even in that man's writing, there isn't a lot of references to the people of color that actually existed yeah. around him. And even the right. contributions of black people, people of color during the revolution, like they people yeah. fought for the for, on the side of uh, the Patriots. So it's also weird, too, because then you're like, well, but it, uh, the cast is all people of color. But you're still telling the story of white people just yeah. with right. with black and brown bodies. So it but then but there's no reference to actual people of color who also have historical significance. So that's when like. You start getting a little like wound down about how it could yeah. have been more, but that's where it's like, what? Can, what's the most? What can we actually expect? That's where I'm even thinking. I'm like, what can I even expect from a musical? Because a musical isn't the place where, you know, Lin Manuel Miranda's gonna sit down and like, there's gonna be a whole musical about how George Washington's dentures were pulled teeth of African slaves. Like, right. that's really not the, the stage for that. That's the next musical. Yeah, right. right. I yeah. mean, it could be, oh, it and could like be, maybe yeah. he'll learn Shit. from this. You know, like I mean, the way this m musical came about is he read this biography by I think uh, Chernin, I think is the guy's name. Uh, that was like a bestseller about Alexander Hamilton, and he Manuel Miranda read it on vacation and came back and was like, "Yo, this is a." dope story that I think a lot of people would be interested in and just started like adapting it. So it's not like a thing where he, I don't know, set out to make a broad political statement. Like there, yeah. there are some issues with this <clears throat> that are purely like the Wayne's worldification of like where it became so successful and it connected with such a broad swath of the population that it like can't possibly be cool <laughs> anymore. <laughs> like the fact that the fact that the room where it happened uh, has become a phrase used by John Bolton in his like book about the Trump White House is like, mm. yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, Dan Quayle having a book called Schwing or something after the Wayne's World uh, became like the number one movie of pop culture ever. It's just uh, it's not you can't really help that. And you also like that I think applies to the purpose and thesis of the play. Like I am definitely interested in seeing what he makes next. Uh, although I know, I know it takes like a long time to, yeah. to write these things. It's like six but, years or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's really good at, uh, I don't know if y'all have seen Moana because that's, uh, is he in it? Know, it's a movie I've seen many times uh, because my kids love it. I uh, probably would not have seen it otherwise. But he wrote the music for that. And oh, wow. that's the lyrics are great. But like he 
I think he's at his best when he's like writing lyrics to not rap songs. Uh, t- like he he has a good like musicality to it. Uh, oh yeah. That uh, like my favorite songs in this play are the non-rap songs. Uh, Mine are the truly non-rap songs in that it's you'll By be the back. King. <laughs> yeah, the king. That was like dope. the one, and that's what's funny. That motherfucker was hamming it up the most. Yeah, and yeah. I'm Doing like, and I meanwhile I'm here like I don't really fuck most. with musicals, and I'm like da 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 da. like yeah man this shit go (laughs) like but other ones i'm like the room i mean they're all like that that's like it's truly um it's really something else because to experience it and you know like this guy really synthesized a lot of historical shit and tried to just fucking turn it into colloquial things we can understand now yeah i think is impressive so that's why it's like you kind of it's hard to really have a real opinion on this because it's either you i don't think it's fair to just say like all the historical inaccuracies negate it as a musical because it doesn't like it's objectively as music and like as as compositions they are really really good and they deserve the awards and and you know the other way around it's not like well you have to forget about all the historical inaccuracies because it's so good as a musical it's just kind of like one of those things i think everyone should be aware they're glamorizing the founding fathers uh which yeah is is dangerous water to to wade into uh but but the lyrics i mean yeah look he's he's got bars but he also does well right. when he has someone who can swoop right in and sing like i there's a good balance between lin-manuel's miranda lin-manuel miranda's like lack of like really like powerhouse vocality and then like the way the songs are written where you'll never just get too much of him doing his thing where they'll be you know these other performers around there like really take it to the next level. I do I think, heard, go ahead. I was just going to say that I heard that the newer pro- versions of this play, the Hamilton character sings better. Mm. And that's oh, because. Of course. <laughs> not him. <laughs> how could, how could he not? <laughs> Wait, so no, Hamilton got better at singing? That That's also an awkward one because like he, deserves to be whatever the fuck he wants in this play. He wrote the whole thing. The thing that's beautiful about the play, like burst out of his brain. The writing is the star. Uh, It is like, I feel like I haven't seen the best version of this play because I I have only seen it with him in the lead role. (laughs) Um, It's it's just a little embarrassed. Like you get the sense some of, the play might have been written because he has a fetish that involves people putting coats on him. Do you notice how often yeah. people are like yeah. putting Definitely coats on Definitely James Brown, him? wannabe James Brown yeah, vibes. It was like, <laughs> it's like 20 times, but no, it's just, yeah, there's something slightly embarrassing about it because, you know, he's putting himself in this role of like, you know, and being surrounded by these incredible physical performers and, you know, vocal performers. And he's not, I, I actually saw the play uh, in person and like that was noticeable from my seats where the fuck in the back was, was that like, yeah. he physically like doesn't, he doesn't have the same like physicality that other actors do and nor should you expect him to because right. he's doing everything. Yeah, he's doing everything and he's writing and he's not like the best actor in New York like everybody else in in the play. But it is just kind of awkward. Like it's it's tough because 
I don't think he's ever bad, like where you're like, man, this song no, is cringe. But when, no, 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 no. When David Diggs as Thomas Jefferson or Ooh, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. as Aaron Burr, like when, when Thomas Ooh, Jefferson woof. came back, I was like, yeah. bro, yeah. is this? Yeah, start this musical miss? up. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, 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 get this other motherfucker off the stage. Like, let me hear about Thomas yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. So that's like, what's funny is that even when you're in awe, like, because you you see Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're like, damn, look at this, like, singular, like this. I mean, he had many collaborators, but like, you're like, wow, look at this sort of creator on stage doing his thing. And then you're like, damn, look at these, perf- look at this performer, though, like, yeah. next yeah. to him. Like, look at this man. Like, out in the end, I was like, yeah, fuck Hamilton, bro. Like, clap that man, Aaron Burr. Like, fuck yeah. that. Like, yeah. I, I'm rooting for you because in I was so connected to the performances of so of every other person. Renee Elise Goldsbury, the David Diggs, all those people. Yeah. I I have like I can remember like moments I I would feel like I would I would watch that part again. There weren't many yeah. that involved Lynn Manuel Miranda's like his own own performances. And that's not a For shot sure. at him. And I th- I'm sure he yeah. knows he would never say that I'm a better performer than any of those people, but everybody's got their strengths and his strength was doing that. And like, to your point, yeah, he deserves to be up there, but I would like to see it with the alternate, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Angelica's performance, Philippa Sue's performance. Angelica's not her name. What, who plays, uh, Angelica Scott? Renee. Yeah. Oh, uh, that, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Renee. Yeah. That performance and, uh, Philippa Sue's performances are fucking great. Yeah, there's also kind of like they were doing that bootstrapping shit also too that about like oh he's that, an immigrant came yeah. up here well, got immigrant got to think smarter try done. harder blah 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 did I the was song like, did the song come after the play or did the play have that line first and then the song came because he has that song Lin Manuel the like, how did a bastard orphan son of a that that one no like immigrants get the job done um. Uh, he it's a pop song that he wrote when he had, had all these. Um, oh my gosh, I should have Googled this. I think we that started. came from the play because I think that so it was like a line in the play, and then like he popularized yeah. it. Yeah, I uh, but that's right. but I guess uh, even like there were these things like there were these very American myths though still built in it. Where like founding fathers, they were really like hip dudes who. You should have seen them dance. They were really cool. Uh, that's why this country's so great. I don't know about slavery stuff. I mean, we can talk about that in another musical that I won't watch, but there's that. And then this, there's like this bootstrap thing of, you know, that's all you need, kid. Just be a little bit smarter. Don't worry about any of the systemic oppression you may experience along the way. Just right. yeah. get your bootstraps all. I mean, he just I- put a pencil to his temple, connected it to his brain. <laughs> That's all it took. That's how it all happens. Okay, but, I have a question for you all. Like, did it feel different watching it three and a half years into the Trump administration? Yes. Yes. Because absolutely. That, that's what oh, that's what I'm saying. Is like I watched it and I couldn't. I'd have to constantly remind myself that like I can I can enjoy what I'm seeing rather than immediately being turned off. But like, man, this is how fucking America started, bro. Get this shit off my screen. Right. Bro. right this right. isn't what it is. This right. is fucked up and a misrepresentation. There's total erasure of of contributions of people of color to this actual historical event, and they're excusing it by having people of color out there uh, performing it. And I think, but that's where everyone is saying, like, we're looking at, we're in a different mindset now. Yeah, different. Era. I and mean, I think probably just because I, I like history, I probably would have been like, nah, okay. But the music, I also like music, so it's good. But it definitely, like, 
there were times I was, I was, it was getting me thinking a lot about like, yeah. hmm, what are they saying? And I'm like, hmm, that's not mm-hmm, much more than I probably would have. Yeah. Four years ago. Yeah. I kept thinking about like how, I don't know. There was like a line about, oh my gosh, I think it was probably around voting rights, right? This week where Trump was saying that voting is a privilege and not a right. And the constitution says that voting is a right for all people. And so I was just thinking about that in context with this, with this musical, just that there's, you know, we have a president, like the play, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to say it glamorizes the constitution, the federalist papers, whatever there is like, but just in con, like in contrast with the president that actually doesn't give a fuck about anything, the, the anything that it just kind of felt different. I don't know. I don't. I still don't know what I'm feeling um, about that. Right. But I definitely think it would have been different uh, if I watched it during the Obama administration. I was definitely less, uh, yeah, forgiving of a lot of the stuff that they just kind of gloss over uh, and. You know, they're like, he writes, he sure writes a lot, but like, they don't really talk about like what he was writing, which was like right. setting up a, setting up a giant banking system that had tons of power. And, you know, there, there's people around him who are abolitionists. I think even uh, Eliza uh, ends up being right. an abolitionist, or at least they say she does at the end. And he doesn't, like, he never really does that. I don't know. I was very, like, the fact, He's like fully complicit in his son's death, like right? uh, which is something that I was, hadn't. Yeah, <laughs> where he's like, "Yeah, man, like, just what? go out there, fire that shit at the sky. I, you can guarantee he's gonna be a good dude in this gunfight you're going off to get in. Here, take my guns to the gunfight. Yeah, uh, and then like that's what is like his redemption. I don't know, man. I was, I still like that. That fucking kills me." Like that scene. Uh, yeah, that's awful. It was absolutely like, murders me. Yeah, it's nah, well. I mean, and then when he gets killed, does not murder me quite as much. <laughs> <laughs> no, even with the slow mo, I was like, all right, yeah. uh, rise up. Can we get the king back up there to do da 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 again one more time? Because I like that. And again, we should talk about because that was probably the most talked about moment in the entire thing in terms of conversation around people watching Hamilton on Disney Plus was the spittle that ends up <laughs> on his mouth. Oh, I did not see this during the "You'll Miss Me." I I was watching. I don't know too close. I don't know what it was, but it I is think obscene. It, it is there's like, one line he says where it. You know, Shoots. you were in the splash zone spout. at, at SeaWorld. Here, Miles, we have to take a quick Anti-coronavirus. break. Anti-coronavirus. Yeah, right, yeah. Let's hook him with that. Let's okay. hook him with that. Guys, we're <laughs> going to talk about the spittle. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break. And we're back. And oh, yeah, as you guys were saying, the, the spittle is like just uh obscene to be watching in the middle of a pandemic where uh oh my gosh <laughs> just that that is unthinkable to be in a in that crowd as that dude does that uh which is i think like i don't think that's unintentional i think that's part of the performance right he's like trying to be like very i'm i'm sure uh, i don't i I, I don't know anything i'm reading now uh it says that John, I'm have to rewind to this. He has opened up Jonathan Gross. Wait, what's his name? Groff. Is that right? Really gross? Groff. 
Groff. Johnny, mind so hunters. He oh, says, hunters. Uh, da, 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 da. in an interview with Variety, he was asked about the habit in general, about like his the character's spitting. Uh, and he says, I spit a lot on stage. I've always been a spitter. I start sweating. I just get wet when I perform on stage. It's just what happens. Wow. Gross. So, Jack, that's, you know, brothers in arms right there. Brothers in sweat. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I noticed that a lot. Like, Hercules Mulligan uh, was sweat. And then uh, James Madison was the character, the actor who played both those characters was first of all like bundled the fuck up. I don't know exactly why, but was so sweaty. I felt I felt for that dude. Well, I, mean, I um, was not paying attention to any body sweat or mouth sweat or anything, so I feel like I need to rewatch. I'm always like one of those people like attention. when someone's like talking and they spit on you. I'm always like, oh, okay. So like I yeah, have yeah, a yeah. I, I'm I'm always clocking mouth spit. Uh, when so people, funny. And so so you must be really excited about everyone wearing masks now. Eh, nah, it doesn't really bother me. I just like, you know, I have an <laughs> eye for a detail. But the thing he was saying was, he said, for, quote, this is a quote about how, um, like, other performances he's done. They said, but those who've seen Broadway's Little Shop of Horrors too, like, have seen this spitting habit of his. Quote, for the how first funny. couple of weeks of the run, I felt bad because I'd walk down to the end of the stage in the second song of the show, Skid Row, and I can't help it. I'm just, like, spitting on everybody. And they're either enjoying it or they're laughing or they're holding up their programs to block their face. I don't oh care anymore, gosh. but it made me feel self-conscious at first. I'd never oh. been so close to the audience where I was actually seeing the reaction on people's faces while I this spat on them. a splash zone <laughs> <laughs> in a Broadway musical. And I, you that know, is. I think, That's funny. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, so he's he's brave. He's doing him. Because yeah, at the end of the day, into it. I can't say a damn thing about his vocal performance because he's Woo! my favorite song. Even with the spit, I'm I'm there for yeah. <laughs> for that. And song. he just like just completely like owns those moments with just like a couple facial gestures. He's he's very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the other big moment that people are talking about is at the end when Eliza Schuyler like comes out to the. It's literally the last moment before the lights go down. She is like talking about, you know, uh, what she did with her life after he died and then like looks out at the audience and like has this like almost horrified gasp. It could be read as horrified gasp or it could just be read as like emotionally overwhelmed. Uh, and people were like, why did that happen? Does it not happen in the sh other versions of the show? I, no, she I think does it, it every time. I think I it think. does. It's just kind of an interesting like choice that the that the actor makes at the end of the, uh, or I think it's actually written into the play because all all actors who uh, play the role of Eliza do that. Oh the yeah, end. well there's like a stage direction too because there's a spotlight. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. there. there I'm, again, there's another thing saying she explains it. People are like, yeah. is it Eliza going into heaven? Is she seeing Alexander? Is she seeing God? What is it? And it's kind of all of those things. Sometimes it's literally I look out and I see the audience and that's what it is. But I think that the idea, uh, but I think that idea of transcendence is present in all of that. So that's just the gasp is yeah. a transcendent gasp. Like she's seeing the interpretation yeah. I read, like mixed with what you just read was also the idea that like she is seeing across time at the audience. Cause that whole song and that whole moment is about legacy. And now she's like singing across time, this audience seeing a play about them. And she's like overwhelmed by you know, the fact that their legacy does live on, even though for a long time it was kind of 
not so much. It's the only, I think my first time hearing about Aaron Burr was that Got Milk commercial. Aaron Which one? Burr. Where the dude is eating the peanut butter sandwich and he's trying to be like, four of $10,000 in the famous duel against Alexander. Like, who was the person who killed Alexander Hamilton? The famous oh, duel. Yeah. And the guy's like, eating, his mouth is full of peanut butter. He's like, Aaron Burr. He's yeah. like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that commercial, the first mainstream hit by Michael Bay. Uh, what? My, like won. Transformers? Yeah. He directed that commercial. The Aaron Burr like, Got Milk commercial? Yeah, he directed that straight out of, I think, film school and kind of put his name on the map. Wow. Jesus. To think of, Go look figure. at all the reverberations from Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Look at that. Right. Who would have known? It actually, like, I don't, I don't know why we're talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's Michael Bay who owes Alexander Hamilton everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, w- one thing that uh, Jam pointed out is that the they have two of the three fucks in the play uh, censored. <laughs> Um, yeah, and he was saying Wait, that it's because th- did it stay in one of them? I thought one, they yeah censored one all of them. fuck actually is oh I think, or maybe it's the one where he goes it's my wife that you decided to fuck you know and like doesn't actually finish oh, right, the right, word right, right. yeah 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 because I don't remember like a clear I don't remember one either fuck yeah um but he was pointing out that you can actually get away with like three fuck it's all about context the only like the you're talking about the ratings um, right because they did that to avoid yeah, PG-13. it being PG-13 yeah so they did it to avoid being R Disney refused to show anything on Disney Plus that's beyond a PG-13 uh, Disney the general rule is that you can only have one fuck uh, in a movie without it becoming R but that's only if you're using it as a verb and in, in the context of sex uh, so <laughs> like not surprisingly this play is not them talking about fucking people yeah. uh each other it's just like a colloquial use of the phrase and disney still was very cautious about it it's a one fuck rule they're... on disney That's two right. fuck wait one fuck or two fucks one fuck. uh one fuck one fuck to um, and then if you fuck twice you're r yes mm. yes but that Ugh. shouldn't that isn't the case if, all the time yeah depending on the yeah, context if, context fucking yeah. right like I we mean, could we could get a PG13 even with our intro where we say fuck, fuck the Koch yeah, brothers fuck and yeah. dozens of people because we're not talking about specifically making love to the Koch brothers uh no at least that wasn't the original intent. when in, in that instance would be necrophilia technically yeah yeah so i mean i think a lot of parents are watching this with their kids so i think you know, I mean, like, I'm I'm conflicted because I I recognize that on stage, like, they get to say fuck and, but people are paying hundreds of dollars for that experience. But we're in people's homes. How and did people are getting access to this? How did your parents handle when you were kids cursing showing up on something you were watching? Was it like, oh my god, don't close yeah. your ears? No, no, no. TV would go off and I'd be sent to my room. <laughs> it's you very censored punished. in my household. Right, right, right. What about you, Jack? My dad was very uh, lax when it came to letting me see R-rated movies to the right. point that I like got kicked out of R-rated movies uh, that my dad like bought a ticket for me to go into. Oh, Lethal oh and, like you were your dad was there with you. He was, uh, so he took my little sister to see Fern Gully. Oh, he bought tickets yeah. for me and my older sister to go see Lethal Weapon 3 
And then the people like rolled in and were like, you got to get out of <laughs> and here, Like man. they fucked Amazing. you at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so apparently Disney Plus, like we've talked about the weird uh, Daryl Hannah butt shot from oh, Splash yeah. that they like cloned her hair. So it just looks like there's like a, a what? rug of her hair that's like attached to her butt. It's really um, bad. Yeah. And then uh, they apparently blurred out a woman's cleavage on an episode of Wizards of Waverly Place because uh, that was too risque. Um, well, we can't have bananas. our children know about the existence of female breasts. I mean, yeah. well, well, then what, what's next? What's next? But uh, they No, Jack, seven- what's next? What's next? <laughs> yeah, because children don't buy their very <laughs> by their very nature need to know what breasts are to survive. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like yeah. it's weird when you see these like I really would love to know about these like this puritanical editorial board within De- Disney yeah. Plus where it's like, are they are they going off of complaints that go in? Are there a team of people who have to be super buttoned up and be like, oh no, 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 get this out. I'm Oh man, the the, have you seen this film is not yet rated? No. That documentary no. about oh, the NPAA? Right, right. Yo, you have to watch that. That is unbelievable. And the, you know, MPA is so often telling on itself when it's like making these rules because it's always like a woman showing pleasure during sex is the thing that like they object to if a woman is Awful. like not having a pleasurable time, like aka like they're they're much more lax when it comes to assault. sexual assault scenes. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Which is so fucking dark. Do you know what this reminds me of? When I was, I'm just going to tell a personal <laughs> story. Uh, when I was younger, we lived in Saudi Arabia when I was in junior high. So we were there from when I was 12 to 14. And we brought a newspaper to Saudi Arabia. Like we came to the US. Someone had asked us for a copy of a newspaper because it's so hard to get news there. And this was like in the ni- like 92. Um, and like there was an ad for Jessica Rabbit. So the when we were going through not an ad for describe it but like a Roger Who Rabbit, Roger Rabbit yeah. right yeah 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 so the immigrant immigration officers for Saudi Arabia they go through the newspaper one by one and they'll black out um, they blacked out Jessica Rabbit's body and wow. they'll just like you know censor that way they'll like either like cover up cleavage or cover up anything like female that body mm-hmm. even though it was like probably like the New York Times or something you know it wasn't. It wasn't Playboy. So that's right. kind of what this reminds me of when you're talking about, but just kind of like in a cartoon version. It's very Muslim is basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Disney Plus is very halal. Well, and very yeah. much like blaming women for existing and being yeah. like, right. yeah, because if they didn't exist, like we wouldn't have to do, like then we there wouldn't, wouldn't be darkness. This. So just hide yeah. everything because it's there. It's like, what the fuck is this? It's, it's the creeping Sharia of, of uh, <sighs> Disney. Whoa, yeah. I didn't realize Disney spent $75 million to get the- $75 million to acquire just the distribution. For Hamilton. Because wow. For Hamilton. Just to just this like one wow. filming of a play that already exists and that you can go out and like see at your local theater if it, when it comes through town. Uh, they spent $75 million and they are apparently like happy they did because they- Saw a 75% surge in subscriptions over the July 4th weekend. uh, And they said it's like a whole new demographic that they hadn't reached before. Uh, They weren't more specific than that. So uh, who knows 
who they're referring to. Unlike but... Quibi, baby, did you see? Think it was like ninety-two or ninety-eight percent of their trial users ended the second the trial. Oh, really? Oh, was over. So yeah. they're they went from like nine hundred thousand to like three thousand unfortunate assholes, myself included, who forgot to cancel it in time. Uh, but I'm sure that wow. will go down even more, and people are like, "Fuck, I paid Quibi for five plus motherfucker." Wow, that but is yeah, that thing's they're fucked. They're fucked over there. That's really not good. Well, Taz, it has been a pleasure having you on uh, the Daily Zeitgeist again. Where can people find you and follow you? They can find me at tazistar.me. Um, I have a podcast called Good Muslim, Bad Muslim, but we just ended our show after five years, but you can still listen to it. Hey, we have yeah. archives it's, out it's there. So good. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? I mean, we we already talked about the tweet that I was enjoying. I really enjoyed Elon Musk's response to Kanye West, where he was endorsing him at first, and then he backtracked really fast. It made me mm. laugh out loud. So mm. good. Yeah. Miles, where can people find you, and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray, and also my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. You know, we're talking about 90 Day Fiance. That's just what it is. Uh, some tweets that I like. One of them is from uh, CJ Toledano, iHeart podcast label mate. Uh, he says, I remember working at a Blockbuster right before they closed down and asking if we were getting severance. And my boss was like, no, nah, but you can have like 15 DVDs of whatever movies we have left. And I was like, cool, that works. <laughs> Tight. And, and it was all Titanic. It was all copies of Titanic. Doing <laughs> the money phone with Titanic DVD copies. Um, and then... Another one, another uh, label mate, Molly Lambert at Molly Lambert, and just said, "Should I start in Only Plants?" <laughs> thinking about <laughs> only that. Plants. Only Plants, man. Tweets I've been enjoying. Uh, dropped Mike tweeted interviewer. Can I get your references? Me sighing. Probably not. Nobody else does. Uh, <laughs> James Herbert outside the NBA, as opposed to inside the NBA. Uh, tweeted NBA gossip is now called bubble tea. Oh, so <laughs> I like that. that. Oh, I did. I did see that one. The NBA bubble. Yeah. You like uh, you like bubble tea, Jack? You fuck with the boba? Oh, I fuck with boba. Oh, really? Yeah. What's your favorite have, flavor? Yeah, there was a What's good. There was a good boba. We gotta uh, press them truck. as Asians. What's your favorite, bro? I know. There's a good boba truck outside of uh, the crack was back in the day. Yeah, I think it was. I forget. I forget what my favorite was. Oh, you know. sound like a fake ass yeah. bubble tea sipper, right? You don't know if. Oh, I mean, oh, the, oh, come the on. The cheese foam on top, and then the little like jelly stuff too. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The foam with the jelly is definitely the what I remember <laughs> of bubble tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should, should, is that would that have been an acceptable answer? No, oh, I like the one that has the foam and the no bubbles. the the base flavor. You know what I mean? Like, what's the drink that has the boba in it? What are you sipping on? Is Vietnamese uh, coffee coffee one? Yeah, you, I mean they have that. Yeah. I mean, or like the Thai. I always go taro. Okay, I'm taro gang in the building. I'm taro? almond almond milk. Oh, I think I liked almond yeah. milk actually. I like. Yeah. Oh, I, I should try that. Yeah, because um, yes, I do like that almond syrup. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then lychee, lychee's ah, good too. Yeah. Mm. Oh, pandemic where we don't get access to boba like that uh, anymore. So just make um, our own. Yeah, we're truly becoming boba. like our immigrant mothers, where it's like, yeah, I can make that at home. Like, what do you want? I'm gonna do it. Uh, we can figure boba? out how to make Done. that at home. I'm like, I don't know if I can make this tapioca yet, tapioca at home, but I'll try. <laughs> 
I also like to tweet by uh, Heaven at Heaven Sent Mel tweeted, Due to COVID-19, I will not shake hands or hug anymore. You may either kneel or bow to me. Um, <laughs> Ooh, good. I, I think I kind of like that policy, uh, and I'm going to be instituting it immediately. Uh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are we going to ride out on today, man? Uh, this is actually going to be from Horace Silver. Okay, Horace Silver is another artist who just, this man has given us so many samples. Uh, and just, he's a hard bop style jazz musician, um, has played with all of the greats. Uh, but this track, again, I'm all about just like textures. The last week was doing a lot of vibes. This is another one. This is Horace Silver, and this track is called Soul Searching. So just get into this. Uh, it's a great, great thing. Any, Honestly, any of Horace Silver's work is fantastic to listen to. I think uh, calming music is a good way to start the week, not getting turned up off the revolutionary anthems of Hamilton, because I know it <laughs> must be nice. It must be That's the other thing nice. about musicals. Like When you just see like these dudes like do like some hard bars and shit, you're like, yeah, man, fuck, man, this motherfucker got bars. And he's like... It must be nice. It must be nice. And I'm like, wow. That's a hard change of gears, but I like it. Yeah. Bars and uh, musical bars. Serenades, well. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this Monday morning. We're going to be back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you guys then. Bye. Thank you, guys. What is the meaning of life? What does my purpose involve? Do we live but to die, or can the puzzle be solved? What have I done up to now? Could it be all done in vain? If my life were to end, what would humanity gain? I'm so searching for the real true values. My mind's working, so it's up to me to choose. I've found the meaning of life. I've found my purpose.